Hey guys, welcome back to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. Last week, we got to speak with Sarah Steck and Vincent DeGeorge from Grow Ohio Valley. This week, they're going to go ahead and finish up all of that great information they provided, and hopefully you guys get to learn a ton more about Grow Ohio Valley and the amazing programs that they provide. Thanks for watching. I hopefully you enjoy part two. All right, we've gone through a ton of different projects that you guys are working on, that you guys have already put in place. Are there any other projects that you would like to mention? Sure. There's another one. As a, a startup, there are uh, a lot of startup projects uh, that uh, we have uh, done and are still doing. Um, and one of the new startup projects that Grow High Valley is getting into is called the Wheeling Food Hub, what we're calling now the Wheeling Food Hub. Um, and the notion there is really to create a uh, the, the middle rung, if you imagine, of a, a vertically integrated supply chain between local farms and local markets. Um, but that is a facility that can make all the products, uh, the shelf-stable value-added products with a nice label and uh, uh, brand on there. Um, so that a local farmer's uh, crops, for instance, um, can be sold over the course of months or even years instead of, you know, a week uh, at a farmer's stand um, and for a lot more profit going back to farmers. Um, it's really hard to make a profit um, and a living off of, say, produce or uh, other raw local food products. It makes it all the more commendable that our farmers are already. Um, but one of the big things that a commercial farmer has going for them is that they have access because of the scale to all the commercial processing. So we want to offer uh, those facilities to local farms and food businesses. And that's what Wheeling Hub's goal is, to provide everything needed, processing, packaging, uh, business development, um, to local food businesses. So again, they can get their foods on grocery store shelves and in those cafeterias um, and uh, hospital cafeterias and school cafeterias that Sarah was talking about. So that's an exciting uh, project. Um, we are still in a major fundraising push. We have a feasibility business plan um, and we look forward to being able to bring that asset, that facility to local food businesses and farms around the valley. This is a phenomenal program. And honestly, I cannot wait to watch this unfold and make a huge difference in the lives of different farmers across Wheeling and West Virginia if they choose to participate. So this is phenomenal. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us. Very good. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. So you've mentioned AmeriCorps a couple of times. Do you want to go into that a little bit too? Sure. Um, the AmeriCorps program generally is like the Peace Corps or other years of service programs, but unlike the Peace Corps that's international, uh, AmeriCorps is domestic. Okay. So um, our AmeriCorps program is offered through Volunteer West Virginia across the whole state. Um, we host in Wheeling at Grow Ohio Valley. We have as many as 20-ish AmeriCorps uh, during peak summer season. Um, on whether it's our urban farm teams, our education team, our rural farm team, the Edible Mountain Project. Um, and that's a great program. I cannot encourage enough people to take a year of service if that at all interests you. 
um, after high school, after college, gap year, after you turn 45, there's no wrong time to, to do some service. Um, there are terms as short as three months, as long as a year. Um, and very excited, excitingly, um, let's see, there are a few benefits. Previously, you're, there's a living stipend associated with it and an education award that can help pay towards college or student loans. But then uh, just uh, earlier this month, uh, Volunteer West Virginia um, is rolling out a tuition waiver program. So every time period, say year, that you serve with AmeriCorps in West Virginia, you get uh, free in-state tuition for that same period. Um, um, there's more information available online. Uh, it's a new program, but that's really exciting. Oh, yeah. And I hope uh, allows us to continue to grow Grow High Valley's AmeriCorps program, or again, other great AmeriCorps programs around the state. Phenomenal. This is so exciting. And then is there a website for that that I can include as well? Uh, we have an AmeriCorps tab that uh, links on Grow High Valley's website. Awesome. And I believe if you go to Volunteer West Virginia, okay. you can see uh, all the AmeriCorps sites uh, in West Virginia. And, I, you know, I'm not sure what the website is, but if you if just kind of Google AmeriCorps, there's... um. Uh, I'm sure federally uh, maintained website that you can search every AmeriCorps opportunity in the country. In the country. Uh, That's cool. Okay. Elizabeth, West Virginians, as you probably have learned in your travels and growing up here, are very generous. Uh, yeah. We serve uh, in a lot of different capacities, but uh, we have one of the highest service rates, uh, both in the armed services, but then also in uh, the AmeriCorps. There are more West Virginians uh, per capita serving uh, in AmeriCorps than just about any other state. I'd have to look for the current years, but I know in the past couple of years, we're always towards the top of the list, if not the highest. So uh, way to go, West Virginia. I think that's oh, yeah. true. Well, I mean, one of my favorite quotes is, the sun may not always shine in West Virginia, but the people sure do. And that's a perfect example of just that. Here, here, so here. my next question, I think probably Sarah might be able to answer this one. When it comes to the urban urban farming program, how could another city in West Virginia start something like that in their own hometown? Uh, well, I mean, um, I guess to harken back to how Grow the Ohio Valley first got started, um, it was it was started by um, Danny Swan and Ken Peralta, and before before they started it, it really was. Um, just Danny. He was a college student and he was working at Laughlin Chapel, this after-school program that we um, do a lot of educational programming with still. He was working there and, um, you know, there's just kids with all their energy running around a classroom thinking, man, what do I do with these kids? I know I love gardening. So he, um, took them outside to just across the street. There was a little uh, bit of land next to the sidewalk and he started gardening with them there. And then half a block down the road, there was um, an abandoned lot. Um, there used to be houses there, but the houses were torn down when they built an overpass um, within that same lot. Uh, so there was nothing going on there. It was, the land was owned by the highway department at that point. And Danny, um, 
as like a 21 year old college student asked the highway department, can I use this land for gardening with these kids? And they said, yes. Um, and so he started using this, um, this our first farm site. Um, so I guess what I can say is you don't necessarily need to own land to start to, um, th there's land available. Um, and probably more so in West Virginia than in some other um, more densely populated regions, you know. Um, and just to carry on with that, we don't own actually any of the land that we farm. Um, our apple orchard and our meadow farm site are on um, land that's owned by the, the um, Wheeling Housing Authority. Um, you know, we we lease our large rural farm from a church. Um, so how could people, so any, anywho, um, when, uh, after Danny graduated from college, you know, he wanted to keep doing what he was doing and there were enough people around him, you know, supporting him and saying, you know, you should really, this is, you've got something here. You mm -hmm. should start a nonprofit. And he kind of um, connected with Ken Peralta um, who has a lot of like business background uh, and they and they made it happen. They started the nonprofit. Um, and of course it's expanded into this huge thing from here and it's taken a lot of work uh, by many people <laughs> uh, at this point. Um, but starting small is doable. And it's one of the things we talk about with regard to food sovereignty. Um, food is something we all need, obviously. We also say it's something that we can all participate in. Um, you know, anyone uh, can uh, pick up a shovel, plant some seeds. And uh, it, like Sarah said, especially in West Virginia, um, we have a very generous community. Um, and if there's uh, a site that someone's interested in, uh, you know, ask, say, hey, this is a beautiful site. Maybe it could be more productive with some farming. Um, and if they say no, let's go to another neighbor. Um, and then hopefully, uh, you know, the community can, can get behind what's going on. And there are other uh, urban farms around the state and other, other people using ag in really impactful ways. So, Oh, yeah. So kind of finding creative solutions to a national problem, you know, so just not being afraid to ask, not being afraid to go out there and try new things. So those are really great suggestions. And I agree with all of that 100%. I love this. So we're slowly running out of time. But I do want to have I do have two more questions for you guys, just something short and simple. You guys are doing a ton to help your community. But what can our community help with you guys? How can our community help you guys? Well, I mean, just be interested in lo buying local produce um, and local local goods, um, which I think that that people in West Virginia are interested mm -hmm. in that. Um, uh, that. That would be my thing. Just, and not be afraid if the price is just a little bit higher, um, because it's definitely <laughs> worth probably what that farmer is asking for oh, yeah. um, with the, the amount of work that went into it. Of course, um, someone's uh, family farm is not going to have that the efficiency of a factory farm uh, somewhere else in the country. So, you know, it might be a 50 cent difference, um, but don't be afraid of that. That's uh, right. That 50 cents is going to support local farmers. Okay. And absolutely, in terms of community support, um, 
getting involved however one can, whether that's farming yourself or participating in a community garden or an education program or shopping at the public market or trying a CSA for a year. Um, there are lots of opportunities um, and we're really grateful to our community for the ways that they support us. So um, thank you. And maybe I'll just plug the AmeriCorps program uh, <laughs> one more time if anyone's particularly interested or knows of anyone who's particularly interested in. We'd be happy uh, to uh, give them a stint with AmeriCorps. That's great. That's perfect. Those are wonderful opportunities, too, for the consumers and the people of West Virginia. And my final question for you guys stems from the FFA creed. Um, it begins with, I believe in the future of agriculture. So why do you guys believe in the future of agriculture? You want it first? Sure. Um, what makes me really optimistic about um, the future of agriculture in West Virginia in particular is the, the recent legislation that's gone into effect um, requiring public institutions to buy 5% of their... The Fresh Food Act, yes. Food Act. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, that's so encouraging. Um, and now it's, uh, it's really, it, it puts the ball in the court of, of farmers like let's let's grow let's more grow food. Uh, we need we need more farmers, because um, uh, that's such a, a great uh, great sales opportunity. Um, but I think and I think this is the case, you know, across the country. Um, you know, we we need more farmers. Um, so, and I'd echo that. Um, I might say one of the things that excites me about the future agriculture is that um, as we, humanity, West Virginians, what have you, continue to change, so is agriculture. Um, so whether that's in urban farming or whether that's uh, in creative means of farming, uh, you could think about indoor farming or, you know, rooftop farming. There's all kinds of creative and innovative ways um, that people, farmers, are meeting the needs and opportunities um, of, of humanity to continue eating. Um, we need to keep eating. And I love the creativity and innovation uh, that farmers are continuing to exhibit, uh, like Sarah Steck here, uh, and hopefully like the work that Grow High Valley is continuing to do. I love this. Thank you guys so much. And thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. I know it means a lot to me and a lot to our viewers at home. And thank you for the work that you're doing within the agricultural community. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for your contribution to that work. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the end of today's Farmer Friday interview. I appreciate you listening. Make sure you check in next week for next week's exciting video. And as always, please remember to thank your farmers. Thank you.